Hello there, you're listening to the Park Rush Podcast. This is a theme park podcast. I'm Tom. Joining me, as ever, is Josh. Uh, hello there. Hello there, Josh. There was a there's a little crackle in your voice yeah. there. You're feeling a little under the weather. I'm uh, I'm still getting over something from Peru. Oh, really? Yeah. I was going to say, because if you'd start to come down with a cold, I couldn't have blamed you, because the nights are drawing in ever faster here. Yes. It's, yeah. it's certainly warm coat and boots weather. Or it's getting to that stage if it hasn't quite reached it already. I'm, but not, I'm not sure it's, you know, that bad. Well, I'm a Converse kind of guy. It's not Siberia. No, but, you know, it's not Converse-friendly weather out there anymore. It's no, bit, that is true, damp, yeah. So, you know, my my winter-ish little boots yeah. have had to come out of the <laughs> cupboard for the first time since, you know, March. You sound it's like you're a child. <laughs> when they were tucked behind my box of X-Men action figures, I had to get those out of the way. Uh, shift my Spider-Man out of the way. Spe- of course. Speaking of which, by the way, obviously oh. we talk about Florida a lot yeah. uh, on this podcast. Who would have thought? But aside from theme parks, one of my absolute highlights of childhood trips to Florida was always buying Spider-Man action figures in Walmart because they were so much cheaper than they are here and the range was extraordinary. <laughs> one of my favourite Spider-Man action figures was actually a Mary Jane from the 2002 film you know the bit where she's at the parade in New York yeah, with Harry? Yeah. They're up on the balcony. So the toy was this, this little portion of the balcony with a little button on it. And you put Mary Jane in the balcony and then you press the button and the balcony collapses. <laughs> so if we were ever in a holiday home that had a second floor, I would... And it had a little um, like hook on the back of the balcony so yeah. you could hang it on things. So I'd hang it on the on the banister... And then press the button, and I'd play with my sister. So my sister would go and stand down there with Spider-Man, and I'd be up top with Mary Jane and the Green Goblin. Uh, Trick or treat, smell my feet, time to blow you off the street. Hit the button. Ah! Sister has to try and catch Mary Jane. She's Spider-Man. Swings back up the top, beats up the Green Goblin. It's great, Josh. Does she she run up the stairs? Yeah, with Spider-Man and Mary Jane. Yeah. Because Spider-Man, you know, he's swinging up there. and Yeah, 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 of course. Bang, bang, bang. Yeah. Defeats the Green Goblin. Excellent. Jobs are good and Josh. Yeah. High drama. Yes. My holidays were full of it. Full of yeah, it. Yeah, you and your family know how to have fun. Yeah, absolutely. The we've... Spider-Man 4 that never happened kept happening in our holiday homes in Florida. We've got six theme parks on our doorstep, a couple of water parks. What are we going to do? Play with... Spider-Man. Play with Spider-Man figures. In the house. Absolutely. 100%. (laughs) Yep, okay. But, uh, yeah. What were we talking about? The weather. (laughs) (laughs) The weather is bad. And that's part of the reason, Josh, that it's not quite as as, uh, a good day as it was last week. uh, Well, last week it was my birthday, and I can confirm that it's it's not my birthday anymore. It's not your birthday anymore. Uh, uh, The the weather is worse. It's darker. And England aren't in the Rugby World Cup final anymore. It's over. It's over, and they lost. You're, you're wearing your England rugby top, Josh. You must be. I'm gutted. You're gutted. I am. Mm. So, um, I thought we might we might get it. We might get the second, you know, with the you know, only team from the Northern Hemisphere to have won the World Cup. I thought we might get another one, but no. Thing is, though, like, you know... When you watch England at football, like last summer when they got to the semi-final yeah. of the World Cup, you thought, oh, wow, that's quite a big deal. Yes. No matter what you think about how we got there. Yeah. But I don't know. With the rugby, I mean, uh, I can remember three finals that England have got to since I've been old enough to know what's going on. Yeah. So it so doesn't feel like it's quite as rare a thing. The the 2003 one was had that hype around it, I think. Mm. Um, and then wasn't there, was it 2007 or something? 2007, we got to the final. Mm. Yeah. Um, and then 2011 was nightmarish, right? Uh, in comparison, uh, 2007, incidentally, uh, we played South Africa in the final, oh, and lost, right? Was uh, it was it better that time? Were England better than they were today? Yeah, as of, we as of uh, recording, we've we've lost just hours ago. Uh, yeah, there was there was a a try that was not that was disallowed. It's called the uh, the, the try that never was. Was it VAR? Uh, it was VAR, yes. Oh. Or as uh, we like to call it, TMO. Right, okay. Yeah. Oh, you mean the movies online? Yes. Yep. Uh, television match official. Oh, okay. Yeah. Because uh, it's not the referee that does it, it's 
a f- another man in a booth. Right. Uh, certainly he, back then. And he wronged England. Yes, he did. Said oh, he was nice. out when he wasn't out. Um, some have argued it was the question that the referee posed, but... Because um, the referee asks the TMO a question. Like, is it a try, yes or no? Um, they've, they've since like changed how they word questions, so they have to give an on-field decision. Right. Um, so they go, I think it's a try. Is there any reason not to award it? Okay. Um, which means there has to be uh, beyond doubt that there was something that would stop it being a try. Right. Well, what better way to pick yourself <laughs> yeah. up than by playing some roller coaster tycoon? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> which is what we did uh, for the purposes of our next installment in the Thing Park video game review series. Yeah. But, uh, well, listeners, if you can hear something in the background there, there's some drilling going on. Sod's law, it's, uh, stopped. it's stopped just as I mentioned it. But if you hear anything in the background that sounds suspiciously like drilling, that's because it is. Yeah. Got new neighbours. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, have, you, have you introduced yourself yet? They haven't, like, moved in. Oh. They're, like, gutting the whole house. Oh, okay. And they're moving in, I believe. Right. Yeah. If you hated a house that much that you wanted to gut it, why, <laughs> why would, would you, you move it? in? <laughs> it's a good location. I guess. Uh, good garden. Uh, great neighbours. <laughs> On the other side, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, Josh, that, that's for that's for a week in the future. That Rollercoaster Tycoon. Today, we're we're talking about something a little more theoretical. Oh, we've done episodes before, kind of along the lines of what we'd like to see from X, what yeah. we'd like to see from Y, and this week we're talking about what we'd like to see from W, from <laughs> DW. Yes, Josh, from a, a potential fifth. Disney World thing park. Yes. Now, fifth gate, you fifth, might call it. Fifth gate. Do, do Disney count the water parks as a as a no, gate? They don't. They definitely don't. Oh, okay, fair enough. And All right. neither does anyone else. No, just Universal. Yeah. Do you think they'll still call? Do you think they'll call Epic Universe the fourth gate once it's open, or do you think they'll revert and call it the third gate? Oof. Oh. Will they, tough, sort of, right? will they sort of demote Volcano Bay, Bay to just a water park? Yeah. <laughs> uh, I don't know. I think I, that, that's kind of their, their selling point for Volcano Bay is it's a water theme park. Because mm. um, they're still quite... They're still... You know, Blizzard Beach, Typhoon Lagoon is 1-2 still right. Right. for the water parks. Okay. Uh, so... I think that's probably because a lot of people that come to Disney World from abroad will ha- probably have the, the whole ticket. Yeah, it's included, Which just right? gets you in, so you may as well go, right? Yes. Whereas Universal, I think if you want, they still do a two-park yeah. ticket, I think. So even if you're coming for a holiday, you're not necessarily paying the extra for Volcano Bay. You might opt yeah. out. Whereas Disney, there's no real point. Having been to all three parks, I personally would go to Typhoon Lagoon. You think that's the best water park still? Personally. Out of yeah. that. Yeah. Blizzard Beach and Volcano Bay. Yeah, it's got a better wave pool. Have you been to Adventure Island, the Bush Gardens one? Have you ever been to that? No. One? No. Um I've been to Aquatica as well. Oh of course, yes. Um <laughs> Aquatica, it's like the only one I've been to. Which is my f- full favourite out of the four that I've been to. Right. Okay. I mean Aquatica for me will always be associated with that aftermath of a tropical storm that year that we went. Oh, of where course. It was basically it's deserted. And it was quite fun for that reason. But uh, anyway, yeah. Fifth Disney World theme park, Josh. Yeah. It's something that I believe has been discussed before. Yeah. May have actually been in sort of the early planning stages at one point. It because was. there were sort of rumours that the theme of the park could be villains. Yeah. As a sort of uh, an evil version of the Magic Kingdom. A tragic kingdom, oh, if you will. I like it. Uh, but then those rumours kind of died. Like Walt Disney's... Walt Disney World's tragical, magical adventure land, something these days. That's yeah. what you call it, right? It's not quite as catchy. It's not quite as catchy, I mean, but then look at the name they were trying to give MGM. Sure. Or, you know, whoever's responsible for naming Hagrid, if they oh. got a job at Disney, maybe that would be something that they would end up doing, is God. giving a theme park a stupidly long name like that. But for now, let's just call it the Tragic Kingdom. That yeah. was something that was potentially on the cards and then it all kind of quietened down and they've obviously invested very heavily in the existing parks certainly Animal Kingdom and Hollywood Studios and now yeah. Epcot is next in line to get yeah. some real big treatment 
But with Epic Universe now officially a thing, confirmed for 2023, competition is ramping up. I think the talk certainly among Disney fans and kind of uh, Disney park enthusiasts, uh, talk of another park has kind of ratcheted up again a bit recently. Yeah, got to, got to recompete, right? So we thought we'd get in on some of that hot SEO. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and do a clickbaity podcast Click about bait. a fifth Walt Disney World Park. Love it. Uh, but in all seriousness, obviously, as theme park fans and as people that have been to Disney plenty during our lifetimes already, yep. we, um, I, well, I'm genuinely interested in the potential for a fifth park and what they could do with it because it does feel like for all the change that they can make, all the changes that they can make to the four parks, they're obviously always going to be somewhat limited by the restrictions in place yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a lot of people are kind of already a little bit miffed about uh, what they perceive to be um, a sacrifice of some of the original character of those parks yes. to update them with newer yeah. properties and whatnot. Epcot getting IPs. Yeah, and maybe a solution to that, you know, a way of maintaining the character of the original four, but still, you know, utilizing newer IP would yep. be to just build a new park, lads. You've got the money. Got the land. You know, you're saving all this cash from sacking all your entertainment. Yeah. Uh, and not allowing me to put how much How and much ketchup you want on your ketchup. hot dogs. Oh, you... And all that kind of stuff. Oh. So you've got to be saving up for something. Maybe it's, maybe it's a fifth gate. So we had this or, villain's or idea. Maybe it's a fat bonus at the end of the year. Maybe it is. Probably is. Yeah. Do you think a villain's park is something that could still hold some weight? People seem to like those Maleficent movies. What, for I mean, some what reason. is a villain these days? Because Maleficent makes her out to be a good guy. To I think an you'll extent. find she's a mistress of evil, though, Josh. Well, yes, but come on, uh, she's like misunderstood. You mm. know, she's actually like really nice and brings that girl up. And I guess, and, but I, then she turns evil in Maleficent two again. I don't understand the Maleficent movies. Like, I, I why does she look so weird? Like, she looks kind of like a weird creature. You know, she's got these massive cheekbones yeah, and she's like weird a, fangs and She's stuff. a creature. She's not She's not a human. No, but then there's a clip in the trailer for the new movie. I haven't seen it. But I've seen the clip in the trailer where it seems like she meets her her people. Yes. And they just look like people. I mean, they've got wings, I think. Yeah. They look they've got, like... Pretty the, normal. I'm, I'm pretty otherwise. sure the dude had, like, very hairy legs, like kind of like a centaur. Or, or like Mr. Tumnus. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I was thinking about that film the other day, and how genuinely good it was. Uh, the, yeah, the sequel's uh, not so much. No, but the uh, 2005 Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe yes. was very much sort of like Lord of the Rings for kiddies. Yeah, it was uh, good that But one. it was legit good. Yeah. Hmm. Would they... you go to a Narnia park, Josh? Uh, yeah. I, I probably would, would, actually. I think, I think Narnia Land would actually be not... quite good. Well, that's the thing with Narnia is it's so... Is it not owned by Disney? Did Disney not put those films out? I think they might have done, you know. I think that's... Disney might have put... Disney definitely put out... Line the Witch and the Wardrobe. I don't know. Surely, if they put out Line the Witch and because the others are sequels, right? Yeah, but weirdly, I think there was definitely a change of hands in uh, terms of the film rights at some point down the line. Well, that makes because sense. Line the Witch and the Wardrobe is obviously the most popular book and the most popular story and made the most money. And I think the and sequels the gradually one... dropped off. Yeah, it's the only one that's good. And I think at some point Disney sort of dropped it, but then whoever picked it up did. Um, carry on with the same continuity somewhat yes, strange because you had uh, the voyage or it was voyage of voyage of the dawn treader yeah which was the second one right yeah and then maybe. prince Cans- caspian the third and then it was yeah maybe yeah. did they ever do the silver chair they never did silver chair right anyway fifth disney park, fifth disney park. <laughs> <laughs> yeah I, I, I don't know about the villain's idea i know that was obviously something yeah that there was were... rumors along with the villain's idea that it would be um like a nighttime park exclusively in nighttime e- exclusively nighttime that would yeah. be bold because obviously disney is primarily targeted at children yeah a nighttime only disney park i'm not sure about that yeah it's an interesting one right yes yeah, i don't it, think that would work. work no to be honest. I think if it's a nighttime park, it has to be more adult, right? Yeah. And does that work? Disney, Disney? after dark. Yeah. But if it's a fifth park, an adult only park, I don't know. Send your kids to bed, <laughs> bugger off to the fifth park. <laughs> kids wake up middle of the night. Where's mommy and daddy? <laughs> uh 
I, what I'd be most interested to know about a, the approach to a potential fifth park is whether or not they would strive to maintain some of that kind of theme park originality or whether or not they would sort of the gloves are off it's a whole new park there are no expectations in terms of what people would want from a dip you know magic kingdom was built not just as a vessel for disney ip existing disney ip but it was it was meant to stand on its own yeah as a a destination with its own characters and its own attractions and its own entertainment and gradually, you know, the concern for Disney fans is that that's melting away at each of the parks. So I guess, do you think a fifth park would also take that into account and try and be its own thing rather than just a place where you can, you know, walk among films that you know and TV that you know? Or do you think Disney would be like, almost feel liberated and be like, oh, finally, we can build a park that is all about our movies and all about our TV shows and not have to worry about the nerds who I th- well, are worried. Well, I think that's what I think that's where the industry's going. Certainly mm. for the high end, which is you know, Disney and Universal for the most part. Yeah. Um, so them them hyper realistic uh, themed areas is kind of where the market's going, right? Yeah, I guess you, um, that's what you got in Harry Potter. That's what you're getting in uh, Star Wars: Galaxy's Edge. Uh, that's what Epic Worlds, Epic Universe, Epic Universe. Epic, yeah, uh, that's what you get in Epic Universe. Still gets me. I can't believe it. You know, that's what six different areas, four different areas, five different areas. Whatever, yeah, depending I on guess how many they actually managed to build with that park. In terms of sort of original character for the park itself, it's probably all going to be coming from the uh, you know whatever the City Walk. Yes. 2.0 is. Yeah. Much like you go over to Islands of Adventure, and I, you know the Lost Continent is kind of this weird remnant. Which I have to imagine, I still that expect goes, to oh, change go soon, right? eventually. But you will, I think, at least always have the uh, you know the advent the call to adventure high you know main street whatever they call that yeah port of entry sorry port of entry the port of entry that will always I think be that you know original unique uh, almost gateway to the rest yeah. of the park yeah and Universal's obviously got kind of its uh, New York sort of style entrance right yeah. It's got that theming. That is clearly the entrance way. Uh, Magic Kingdom's got its main street. Mm. So, (sighs) Magic Kingdom at least still, you know, I guess the thing with all the Disney parks, actually, apart from now Hollywood Studios, is that even the name of the the lands, even if within those lands you've got rides that are now, you know, here's the Buzz Lightyear ride, here's the tron ride and etc etc the lands themselves still at least have some unique character to them like you know you walk around the magic kingdom and they you know you you could foresee a for brand recognition they could eventually change the name of an adventure land to you know they could they could name it after a film more directly or something like that but instead it's still you know adventure land tomorrow land and i guess they've been around so long they've got their own yeah, brand recognition in a way, and the theming on them is is the highest um, mm. until recently, obviously, until you Galaxy's Edge and your Harry Potter's and stuff. That yeah. was the highest theming in any of the parks, really. Yeah, um, Epcot theming is kind of poor, but then that's because it was d- kind of meant to be a different kind of park. Yeah, um, MGM. I think the theme is. I mean, obviously, that was originally a sh- film studio, right? Walk up towards Tower of Terror is. One of my favourite walks. It's really cool to do but like, in a park. It's kind of a like now it's a bit mismashy. You got kind of rock and roller coaster to one side. Yeah. Um, other stuff like there's a Toy Story shop in there now, so right. that doesn't really fit. Um, you got, but then like the rest of the park because it was like it kind of made sense because it was originally an actual working studio, um, but now it's all just a bit mismashy, right? And not very well themed at all, other than. The road to Tower of Terror, mm. um, and obviously now you get Galaxy's Edge, so that area is really, really themed. But that's brand new. Um, I think you get the hi- I, th- I do think you get the hyper real environments um, that you're getting elsewhere. Um, what obviously what IP is in that is a is the big question. Well, yes, because obviously we know all about the restrictions they have with Marvel. Yeah. You know, on paper if they had free reign to use Marvel, you'd be like, "Oh, well there you go." Done. 
that's your anchor for yeah. a fifth part. Marvel is such a big deal, the MCU specifically. Yeah. Like you could uh, go to town on that. You could then have, you know, your Guardians world, your Thor. You know, you'd have Asgard. You'd have yeah, you nowhere. Could build you'd park. have New York. You'd have something else, or maybe that is maybe that's enough. You know, that could be New York could be like your main yeah. walking area. But like that's you could do a whole park on just MCU. Marvel. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I but, don't think you do. No, to be honest, I mean, if, if they could, I think there's a chance that they would actually. Yeah, maybe. Um, I think that there's enough for them to draw on there. To to. I think that's a Jurassic Park moment, though. What do you mean? Um, they were too occupied. Oh, I, see. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you meant oh, what the superheroes are going to come to life and kill us all? <laughs> no, they're going to recreate Marvel villains in a test <laughs> tube. <laughs> And uh, yeah, when Marvel Land breaks down, the the, the superheroes don't kill the tourists. <laughs> Just you wait. Um, no, I I think yeah, maybe they would do that if they could do that, but they can't. They've got Star Wars now. They've done that in Hollywood yeah, Studios. Big deal. Um, so yeah, in terms of the IP that would anchor a fifth park, if you wanted sort of big old big lands, you know mm. that were that were based on on a franchise each ready or not it's hard to know what they would opt for um, i mean they own fox now right exactly. so could you do do you do a fox park a fox park a fox park oh not a park full of foxes but <laughs> uh, full of fox ip right what would the fox ip be in there uh, ready or not <laughs> uh, well, uh, they already they've already got avatar terminator terminator is that fox yeah i guess it is isn't it yeah yeah terminator land That'd be a turn up, wouldn't it? Oh, imagine Universal that. had to get rid of the Terminator 2 show because, unbeknownst to us all, Disney are secretly plotting a fox park <laughs> with, with an entire Terminator land. Imagine if, if Disney are actually doing that and someone on the offhand listens to the podcast like, God damn it! <laughs> no! Now everybody knows! Um, but no, that is a good point about, you know, they they've been so keen to thrust as much of their best IP into the existing parks as they possibly can. Yeah. You're almost now at a point where, what have they got left for a fifth park? Yeah. How do you, like, uh, do you do something with the princesses, but then what princesses do you use? Mm. Um, or is that fine? Is that ha- happily going on in Fantasyland? Or can you do something a bit more hyper realistic where mm. um, obviously you've got a lot of Pixar stuff that's not been done before? That's true. I mean, I guess the thing as well is that after Magic Kingdom, the three subsequent Walt Disney World parks have, you know, whatever you think of them now, they all when they first were built, they all had this kind of very uh, distinct and definitive uh, uh, theme and aim behind them. You had the movie studio park, you had the park that celebrated nature, yeah, and you had the park that was all about kind of human innovation and ingenuity and what we could potentially uh, make for ourselves in the future. It's about learning that part, yeah. right? Uh, so, you know, Magic Kingdom was kind of just, well, it's one man's dream. Uh <laughs> So what would the kind of anchor be for the fifth one when you think of like, you know, the idea, the light bulb moment that, I mean, you know, maybe, I I guess when Animal Kingdom was first being planned, it was kind of pitched as being half the natural world and half kind of mythical creatures. Could they resurrect that potential idea as as a major part of this new park? Kind of mythical beasts and legends and that kind of thing. Yeah, because they've kind of replaced that with Avatar at Animal Kingdom. Yeah, in the long in the long run. Yeah, I mean, obviously, there's all that. There's that fascinating talk about when Disney made the decision essentially to scrap the mythical side of Animal Kingdom. A lot of those Imagineers got snapped up by Universal and went and made the Lost Continent. Yes. So can you you know the idea of a of a Lost Continent type environment. Uh, scaled up to an entire park or a significant portion of a park. I think that's quite intriguing to me, you know. Yes. What myths and legends myth- and that and kind legends? of thing. What you do with that in a Disney context, I don't know. Hercules Park, obviously. I Hercules. mean, if I was in charge, <laughs> that's enough for me. I'm loving some yeah. Hercules. They can't use Thor, right, at Disney? Uh, no, Thor... Thor must be at Universal somewhere, even if he's just on a yeah, banner or a placard yeah. or one of the big, uh, you know, comic book looking figures yes. out in the land or whatever. I don't know, but yeah, uh, I guess I guess that's the thing they would have to think about is what, what is 
you know, what's the uh, sell it in a sentence kind of yeah goal for a fifth park? Yes. Like Hollywood Studios is ride the movies. I guess that was kind of the universal thing as well. You know, we've gone through the, the other four, but you, you do need a something to tie all together. Yeah. What what would you want? What are you what would you want, Tom? What would I want? What would you want? Well I think I would want something that isn't solely, you know, a, a franchise park. I think especially in terms of the overall tone and theme i'd want something that could kind of knit if you were going to make it a franchise park i'd at least want a kind of overall vision that kind of knitted them together in a fairly convincing and compelling way really like because we're not getting that from any other like uh well i guess you do get that from disney but you don't get that from what you're getting from universal anymore no the the lands aren't really connected no um but that's what people are lapping up yeah but I, th- I think that I, th- I think they they is do it, have to be a little bit careful about alienating their base. It's, it's a the, Disney thing. The theme park want a fans, th- a ger- generic theme for the whole park. Yeah, well, you know, generic, Di- but... Disney have kind of a reputation, don't they, for kind of, well, they used to, of kind of going above and beyond and making you really feel like you've been transported to this unique location that you know you couldn't really experience something like it anywhere else. Yeah. And yeah, there are recognisable touchstones through out the park in terms of rides and characters that you can meet but in terms of just kind of walking around you're seeing things and you know hearing things and smelling things that feel totally unique to that particular location and you do still get some of that at the four parks that are there and even at the other disney parks around the world i mean i think for me personally i've not been there myself but everything i see of disney sea um that's amazing that is for me that should be a huge point of inspiration for any future Disney park, I think. Yeah. Because that really does set itself apart from... That becomes bigger than any one franchise. Yes. You know? Yeah, I um, think... I mean, Disney Seed's in a really interesting place, right? Because it's building Disney on top of the already sort of uh, fanaticism of uh, Japanese culture. Right? I guess that's the thing also, isn't it? Whereas, you know, I don't want to sound like I'm coming across as like... Uh, dismissive of american culture but it's kind of like what is american culture at this point i don't know like disney sea is so fascinating because you're right it kind of it touches on the history of japan and kind of the myths and legends of japan Mm. and how they handle those things and and applies disney to that yeah um whereas you know if you took that over to florida and tried to do the equivalent it's just like well you're applying disney to disney almost pretty much yeah so it's yeah it's kind of it's difficult to i think if you, if disney built a park in some other place in the world you know if they did a european park let's say you know that's not paris but that that if paris kind didn't of, exist yeah that kind of approach could maybe work somewhere else but in america i guess it's you know it's so consumerist in america and it's kind of harder i think to uh to take the disney sea approach there really yeah you know. it's understandable um, maybe in different parts I mean, specific parts of america that becomes a little more yeah uh, interesting but florida i don't know is like i think even on a practical level you know disney should be thinking about a fifth park if only because of how busy the other four are yeah like, well the, i mean that's why they keep putting up prices as well well right? they keep putting up prices um and you know, regular visitors keep noting how certain elements of the park experience is kind of on the wane. Yeah. You know, from the entertainment to the cleanliness of the parks to just kind of lack of ketchup. Yeah, like lack of ketchup being the key thing. But people have, you know, and I don't, I don't think quite so dramatically about this. But you listen to other podcasts and you know visit other blogs and forums and listen to the way people who go to Disney all the time, yeah. the way they kind of find themselves talking about it these days. They almost seem quite down and resentful of some of the perceived changes yeah. to Disney. That maybe if you only go every so often, or you know, a few times a year, or every few years, you maybe don't pick up on it quite so much as someone who goes every every weekend or whatever. And you kind of start to pick up on the uh, yeah. small changes that add up over a prolonged period um, of time. I think yeah, this is interesting because we're kind of getting into a kind of different topic altogether, but kind of gets onto kind of 
does it sort of mirror society as a whole, right? And kind of the the move from where we were in our culture to like the consumerism that we have today. Mm. Um, and I think Disney does a lot of like to you know get you to spend a lot of money um, and kind of I don't know uh, like try and focus you on certain things to you, so that you think that you're potentially having a, a good deal or whatever and actually it's potentially a worse deal than you had previously yeah I think that that's there's an argument to be made that there has come a point where Disney kind of take their big crowds for granted yeah at the expense of everyone having the best possible time for the money, you know? Yeah. It kind of felt... I think there was maybe a time where people going to Disney felt like it was a special... It was a really special once-in-a-lifetime occasion and everyone at Disney treated you as such. Yeah. Like, everyone kind of... Going to Disney was an amazing experience and everyone kind of acted in a way that reflected that. Whereas... Maybe now, I don't know, maybe despite how expensive it has become, I think Disney has kind of lost some of that spark. And it's like, is it in danger of becoming just a really big budget version of anybody else's theme park? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And I think, you know, how expensive it is adds to this sort of, um, like self-importance that people have around the parks mm. so not necessarily as uh you know friendly or that sort of thing you know the public that go but then also you've got the cuts uh to staffing and that sort of thing alongside um pretty poor wages you know um people living in their cars and stuff um so you the the staff aren't happy either necessarily um so it has it has completely changed the experience. Um, and will a fifth park help that as, you know, uh, more space for people, there's more space for other people? Or will it just mean there's more people? That's mm. uh, the worry, I guess. Yeah. Um, and that's another reason why a night park wouldn't work because it's shut during the day when you need more capacity. Yeah. Um, and then open at night, but it's the only park that's open at night, so everyone's there. Yeah. Because I think another side effect of the parks being so rammed all the time now is that, I don't know, I don't feel quite so able to soak it all up. Like no, when I'm at a Disney yeah. park, these, you know, in more recent years, it's very much a case of we queue for the ride, we do the ride, we get off the ride. And before we've really had a chance to soak up the ride or where we now are, it's right, where are we going next? Because the queue must be enormous by now. We've got to move, move, move. Yeah. And I, especially when we went to Animal Kingdom this year, because that was our only one, our only day at Disney and we didn't have fast passes or anything really. So it was really just constantly on the move, getting to these rides because we got to get it done. It's This park is so rammed. Even if we wanted to hang around and admire the views, it would be difficult because yeah. the crowds are such. But if you want to get the rides done... You can't afford to hang around. You've got to keep on moving. Yeah. And I think, you know, a fifth park, one, as we said, could, you know, draw some crowds away from the other four and kind of make all f- five of them at that point a slightly slightly more relaxed experience that you maybe feel like you can soak mm. up a little more. But I also think maybe a fifth park would give them an opportunity to kind of f- focus on different things. And I don't necessarily think it's, terrible if your if your fifth park wasn't totally stuffed with e-ticket rides like maybe make it something that people feel like they can go to and soak up an atmosphere and kind of really you know so you want a more like it doesn't um, have to be this yeah it doesn't have to be this super densely packed get on a ride, you're off the ride, you look left, there's another ride, you look right, there's another ride, there's crowds everywhere. Mm. Like, I kind of almost feel like there is an opportunity for them to... Like Animal Kingdom for me, going this year, I've never seen Animal Kingdom that rammed before. Yeah, it was really And I think that it lost a lot of what makes Animal Kingdom or has made Animal Kingdom quite special and unique because of how rammed it was. Like... 
you know, the slightly broader pathways, all the effort that's gone in in terms of the vegetation and the animal exhibits and the just the overall atmosphere of that park, which I think, you know, people have knocked how Disney have maybe stripped back on that kind of stuff in recent years. But I think Animal Kingdom is still at a pretty high level yeah. on that side of things. But, but it does suffer for how busy it gets. And yeah. obviously, there's only so much you can do about that. Ultimately, your park's busy because people think it's good. But I do think there comes a point where you have to try and mitigate some of those, some of the issues that yeah. come from crowds rather than just accepting it and being like, well, we've got big crowds. That's great. But it's kind of, it lessens the experience for everyone in the park, the busier it gets. So I yeah. do think they have to put some sort of cap on it or, you know, come up with a way of uh, yeah, absolutely. not quite so um, crazy. The thing as well, obviously, there's big crowds and then they're getting rid of the street performers mm. which so they can put more people in, basically. It's like, well, if we get rid of the street performers, there's more space down that road. Yeah. So we can get more people around that road. Yeah. Um, and then we don't have to pay them either. Mm. Um, it's... They're taking away kind of a lot of the soul, maybe. A little bit. Yeah. Um, I mean, I know, like, Bush Gardens has... Um, Bush Gardens... The, the, I feel a little bit hypocritical saying this, because I, I've kind of... Bush Gardens is obviously a massive landmass, and I have criticised the way in which it can be hard to navigate Bush Gardens yes. on this podcast before. But on the flip side of that, you do feel a little more at Bush Gardens that you can kind of careen around the park. Yeah, it's wandering. Soaking it up, taking it in. And you do, in a, in a way, even though it is, you know, a theme park and there are plenty of rides at Bush Gardens, it actually does do quite a good job at making you feel like you are somewhere else. Yeah. Like you get out of that, you know, car park and into the park itself mm. and you kind of do feel like you've gotten away from it all a little bit. And uh, at Disney, that is never really the case anymore. Like, it is Ramo from minute one and only gets more crazy yeah. throughout the whole day, really. I don't feel like you. it's that bad at Universal either. Um, certain areas are. Yeah, so like Harry Potter Harry lands. Potter clearly is. Mm. Um, but I think, like, the rest of the park, I always feel like it's fairly wanderable. Mm. Um you know, I can stop taking the Blues Brothers show. Yeah. Get a quick pint in that Irish pub across the road from it. Mm. You know, just kind of be a bit chill. Whereas, um, I guess that's kind of one of the things with this, you know, these hyper-realistic areas that Universe was added in. Because they're so hyper-real and because they're such big IPs, rammed. Yeah. Um, which means that, like, the Harry Potter areas, or certainly um, Hogsmeade, it's like, I'm getting in. Doing the ride, I'm going back out. Yeah, they almost yeah, but Disney is like that everywhere. Yeah. Uh, so I I do think that you know even without the uh, yeah a fifth park even on a practical level would be useful just to kind of draw some crowds away <laughs> yeah. from the other four but really. Again, are they they build a fifth park, then they build four more hotels, and we yeah. get back to the same point, right? I guess I guess so. But eventually, you do hit a cap. On yeah. like the amount of people that can afford to go at that point. Yeah, I mean the price and, is and keep the going amount up. of people that feasibly are ever going to be there at one time. Yeah, like at the end of the day, then you will hit a cap, and at that point you should hopefully see the benefits of having more parks because people are spread out a little more. And Universal does come into this as well. In fairness, in like in a weird way, I'm sure Disney won't see it this way at the moment because they'll see it as well, people are spending time in a third Universal Park rather than one of our four. Yeah. But for us, it might actually be of benefit people that there's be another on... park at Universal. Yeah. Because it might draw some people away from Disney. And I'm sure the people that go to Epic Universe on holiday will go to Disney at some point on their holiday also. Yeah. So Well, a lot of Disney both, people don't. It's they both weird. could benefit in a way, actually, yeah. from Epic Universe. It's one of the things I wish uh, Bush Gardens was closer Mm. Um, and I don't think it's helped by the fact that obviously uh, since Blackfish SeaWorld has been on a dramatic decline that's true um, you know that, that park used to bring in loads of people yeah no one used to care about the dolphins <laughs> and, the, and the whales 
<laughs> yeah, exactly. Um, Damn activists. Yeah. Indirectly made Disney busier. Is that what we're saying? <laughs> yeah. Is that the hill we're dying on? <laughs> like the Shamu show. Blackfish made Disney busier. Yeah. Shamu show, uh, you know, took loads of people. Yeah. That's a big old stadium. It certainly is. Um, they did that, what, two times, two, three times a day? I think that's also something Disney have to think about is, you're right, using SeaWorld as an example, it's actually, it's quite good to plan your day at SeaWorld around the shows. Not, like, if you want to do the shows, obviously, you'd be like, let's make sure we're at Shamu for 12 to do the show. Yeah. But also, it's good to plan your day around the show's even if you don't want to do the shows, because then it flips and you're like, let's go and do, I don't know, a ride that you would expect to be busy for argument's sake, let's say Kraken. Let's do Kraken at 12 because half the park is at Shamu. Yeah. Disney, the more entertainment they strip away, you you can't think that way so much anymore. No, yeah. Like Hollywood Studios, back when it was MGM, used to have... The Who Wants to Billy Millionaire show or yeah. you know, Pop Up American Idol, whatever my, it was. My dad won some fake money on that. It, it, they had the Hunchback show. Yep. There was Tarzan Rocks at Animal Kingdom. Uh, Animal Kingdom does still have a couple shows. But MGM has... Nemo and Lion King, right? Yeah. But it does feel like that is a a, a risky move in that sense. Yeah. Hollywood, so Hollywood Studios has what? It has uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah. Uh Frozen there? Or is that Little Mermaid there? There's Little Mermaid, yeah. Uh, and then there's that new weird car show, but that's like tucked sort of around the back, hidden. Right. It's behind Rock and Roller Coaster. You have to walk mm. down the road, go into the Rock and Roller Coaster area, and then through the Rock and Roller Coaster area to get yeah. there. It's bizarre. It's um, like the more live entertainment you strip away, whether it's you know structured, organised, queue up, sit down, watch it, or yeah. even if it's just street performers... The more of that stuff that you strip away or kind of the more, even if it's just a matter of taking one or two show times out of yeah. the Indiana Jones schedule. I feel like... The more you do that, yeah. the less reason people have not to just be queuing for rides. And that makes the rides busier. And yeah, it adds to that sense of it's all go all the time. There's no chance just to hang about and soak it in because everyone's constantly moving mm. from ride to ride. We need to be doing that and as well. It, and I think because of how long the queues are mm. as well, people are like, well, I can't do that show. Yeah. Because I... Yeah, we had that problem at Animal Kingdom. I have we, to be over there to get on another ride. Yeah, we had to sacrifice shows because the queues were so insane mm. for for rides and stuff. And I think, you know, Fast Pass plays into that. Yeah. Um, you know, 75% of an hour capacity is Fast Pass. Yeah. Um, which hyperinflates the queues. Yep. Absolutely. Do you think they'd be better? Off, do you think the fast passes are less effective when you have to pay for them in terms of uh, making queue times more manageable? Or do you think it's like. Um, I think uh, I think that the universal fast pass, or whatever they call it, is expensive. Mm. Um, probably too expensive. Uh, but I think it is better because less people get it it also feels to me like there's more single rider queues at universal yes which yeah. uh is always a good option like more but they're like properly laid out whereas mm. I like because sometimes they do single riders at disney but they mainly do two queues one for normal one for fast pass right right yeah um and then they have to have someone going have we got one have we got one yeah what one we've got We've got three. I've got a three, yeah. and then like someone five miles down, like, oh, three. <laughs> it takes them fifteen minutes yeah. to get to the front. Sorry, sorry, I'm c- yeah, coming sorry, through. So excuse me, sorry. Yeah, open a gate. Yeah. yeah. So, this is taking a rather depressing turn, John. Yeah, but I think it's important. It's important. It's constructive criticism. I feel. I like. guess so. For all those Disney executives that tune in, yeah, to the Park Crush um, podcast. Well, I think it's important for Universal as well. Like. That park is that new park mm. is up to six or seven w- when they eventually get them all open and you know there's expansion pads there and stuff. Uh, going to be hyper realistic areas uh, that are going to have potentially the same problem as you have at Harry Potter. Yeah, um, you know the weird structure they have is kind of interesting though because if there's that you know there's a central area. Uh, if that's free to get into 
being easier your ticket to get into each section, then they can have there's a limited capacity on those areas. Yeah. So then they can go. Well, oh, sorry. It's, it's, Did Disney it's too have busy. such a thing as limited capacity at maximum capacity at the parks? Or yes. Do they just let people in. No, there has to be legally. Right. Uh, for, Is it too high? Do you think they should put it down? Uh, it's not set by them. It's set by uh, fire. Right. Yeah. But do you think Disney it's set should by the state. lower it? Um, for the sake of the enjoyment of their guests. Should they? Yeah. Yes. Will they? No. Yeah, sure. Um, uh, pack as many people in as possible, right? Yeah. Uh, Disneyland California um, often shuts. It's a much smaller park, obviously. Uh, I mean, the you know, the actual park, not the two parks. The actual, you know, original park often shuts because there's too many people. Right. Uh, certainly around holidays like Christmas, um, you have to get there fairly early. Get there in the park. If you get there late, then out of luck. You have to go across the road to California Adventure, uh, which is the second park there. Um, which for a long time a lot of people didn't like because it was a weird park. Hmm. Um, a Michael Eisner project, uh, which focused on California and how great California was, but it was a bit uh, over commercialized. And you know, too many businesses were like kind of shoehorned in and didn't really fit. It's kind of like what we were talking about earlier with Disney Sea. That kind of sounds like a bad way of doing that kind of part. Yeah, it sounds like um, during the Michael Eisner era, there was a sort of like power struggle. Michael Eisner won, um, and not necessarily to the betterment of anything. Right. Um, But yeah, Hmm. yeah. But so. I guess in a roundabout way, Fifth Park, I want one, clearly. Yeah. Um, it will thin out the numbers. Um, inter- my interest is actually how do you set that park up? Uh, you know, do you do the standard hub and spoke system? Right. Do it around a lake? Yeah. Do you do this kind of mad- I assume they have the land, right? They wouldn't need yeah, to go and buy yeah, more yeah. land for this. They've uh, got plenty. So the Tragic Kingdom idea was sort of northwest of Magic Kingdom, right? Um, and that that was kick, that's been kicking around for a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. I guess hub and spoke is kind of the bread and butter, right? Sure. Um, what do you put in the middle? Evil Castle. Evil Castle. If it's a Tragic Kingdom. Well, yeah, but you. Just put an evil castle, right? What's, yeah. What is the the evil castle? Who's evil castle? Uh, Maleficent. Does she have a castle? Not Somewhere? in the new ones, because she lives kind of in the jungle. Oh, right. It's kind of weird. Oh. She has a cliff. <laughs> oh, fair. Uh, I, yeah, like I said, I haven't seen those movies, so I don't really know. But uh, What if they do a park just solely dedicated to their bad movies? It's like... <laughs> Here's the Lone Ranger Land. Oh, uh, here's John Carter World. There's already Tomorrowland. So. Yeah. Zing. Ooh, savage. Well, um, I, pers- I mean, I'm fascinated by the idea of a fifth Disney park. It's not something I think about a lot. And then when I do, it's like, yeah, actually, there's a lot of possibilities for people who are more creative than myself <laughs> to potentially come up with something really interesting. That being said... I don't consider myself a total dud when it comes to this kind of thing. And I do think that the problem they have in a way created for themselves is because they've been so desperate to ram in so much of the IP that they already own into their existing parks. That is why it becomes a little more of a struggle for people like us to, to, you know, think of things that could anchor a fifth park. uh, And a lot of the cool things that are happening in in the other parks are already... Uh, the IPs are already used to a far lesser extent in the current park. Yeah, like, as, as, as great as Galaxy's Edge looks, you could, you know, a less compromised... I'm not saying it's compromised, but you could... I mean, imagine the, what you, you could, could do... build with, a better imagine version. Imagine what you could do with Star Wars when you had it in mind from the beginning of a fifth park. You could you build had. a Star Wars park. You Yeah, yeah, you could. Um, and arguably, Star Wars is more timeless than Marvel. Yeah, quite possibly. Quite um, possibly. I don't know if... Um, I I think, yeah, I, d- I don't know. Clearly, they've got Galaxy's Edge now, so I think a, a Star Wars park would be somewhat off the off the cards, really. Yes, but, I would say so. Um, 
you know, Universal have done Harry Potter at multiple parks. It's not inconceivable that Disney just say, well, if we do another park, yeah. why can't we do more Star Wars? They're literally like, doing Harry Potter again at the third park. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Star Wars prequel land. Star Wars prequel land. Hell yeah. <gasps> different eras of Star Wars Can we in go parks. Uh, where's Jar Jar from? Naboo. Yeah, whatever that region is. The, the Gungan area. The Gungan area. Naboo. I kind of want a Gungan... You have to be able to swim. I want an underwater park. You want an underwater thing park. Yeah. That's called Rapture, Josh. Oh! It'll put you right off. I kind of want it. Uh, um... <laughs> Just not a whole theme park, just part of just the Just some theme. of it you have yeah. to go underwater. Okay. Fair. Yeah. I used to do that in Rollercoaster Tycoon. <laughs> what forced the guests to swim? You can't swim, you're not no, coming in. in. In Rollercoaster Tycoon 3, you could do underwater parts, right? You could do like... Oh, like, yeah, you could. Like walk underwater walkways. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Cool. And I'd have waterfalls and stuff. That sounds neat. Mm. Well, speaking of Rollercoaster Tycoon, that's yeah. what we've got coming up next week. Our theme park video game review series. Yeah. Back... Uh, but we'd love to hear from you in terms of what you would potentially like to see from a fifth Disney park. Yeah, I, I think we could have a follow-up episode on this on yeah, the views if we get enough in. Do you think it's a good idea? If it is, what would you like to see them do? You know, what and style also, of the park would you want? Yeah, Hub and spoke, rounded lake, that sort of thing. What kind of franchises could be involved, or do you see this as more of a sort of original from the ground up? How they, how should they serve ketchup? Park? How should they serve ketchup? And also, I'd be fascinated to know what people think about some of the general concerns we've raised about the direction of Disney parks right now and kind of how they're being perceived by the faithful. Mm. Uh, so let us know. You can email us, podcast at parkrush.com, or you can uh, follow us on Instagram, also uh, parkrush podcast on there. And you can leave comments on the episode, if that's preferable, uh, at parkrush.com. Yeah. Uh, until next week, as I say, when we're back with our Think Park video game review series. That's going to do it. Thanks very much, Josh. Until next week, take it easy. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye.